You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We approach Shabbos Nachamu. Uh, I asked uh, my Chavel, my, my Rebbe, uh, a person who has been in many ways so important for us, who has spoken to us on our platform often, uh, my Rav, Rav Avram Herman, the Rav of the Jewish Educational Center's Shul, Elmore, the Elmora Synagogue, um, uh, to tell us, to give us chizuk, uh, and as I wrote in the blurb today, um, it's been a tough couple of years, and I think, um, although we're talking about Nechama post the Horban, specifically, we could talk to use some Nechama and understand the Mesogam of Nechama uh, as, as we e- exit, hopefully, some of the worst period of, of our collective memory. So Rabbi Herman, thank you so much for, for speaking to us. Uh, and, and uh, addressing Art Zebra. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Rabbi Kavlevitz. I'm humbled by your calling me your Rebbe. Chavar, I'll accept. Uh, your Rebbe, I'm not uh, sure I'm ready to accept that. Well, I'll tell you, you're my Rebbe on how to be a Rav. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe, perhaps. Um, anyway, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Um, so, probably the most well known Shabbos of the year is probably Shabbos Nachmu. Um, everybody looks forward to Shabbos Nachmu. I remember growing up, Shabbos Nachmu was a uh, big event, big event in the country, the Catskills. Everybody headed to the Catskills, Shabbos Nachmu, that was the place to be. And it seems that people still try to uh, make their way to vacation spots for Shabbos Nachmu. And um, <clears throat> in the course of people um, looking forward to the pleasure of Shabbos Nachmu, Sometimes the message of the Haftorah for which the Shabbos name is taken is lost. I'm not going to go through the whole Haftorah. It's a beautiful Haftorah. It's really a beautiful message from Yishayahu HaNavi. But just the first two psukim, the first two verses, especially the Nachamu Nachamu, famous question that's asked, that double language of Nachamu, console, console. Uh, what is the meaning behind those words? And much has been written about that. And I'm just going to be touching on um, a few interpretations, but mainly focusing on the second explanation that uh, the Abarbanel in his commentary gives for that double language of Nachamu, Nachamu, which I think... It, provides so much comfort uh, for Jews throughout uh, throughout the millennials. So what does the Yeshayahu say? Yeshayahu Navi comes and says in Perik Mem in chapter 40, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yomar, Elokechem. Comfort, comfort, my nation, Yomar, Elokechem, um, says your God. So Rashi understands that simply that Nachamu Nachamu refers to two groups. It refers to the Nevi'im, to the prophets, and it refers to Ami, to the uh, Jewish people as a whole. And that this chapter in takes has a very special place because it's the demarcation line between all the previous ominous chapters of Yeshayahu, where Yeshayahu forewarns the Jewish people about terrible devastation, destruction, 
exile that will befall the people. And now in the second half of the book of Yeshaya, he comes with messages of comfort, reassurance, hope to the Jewish people. And so this chapter of Nachmu Nachmu is what separates the two, in essence, uh, parts of the whole prophecy of Yeshayahu. But Nachamu, 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 Rashi says to the VI, my prophets, Nachamu, Esami, give message of comfort and consolation. Rashi, this passage doesn't say that the word Nachamu, Nachamu has an inherent message, but other, but just that it addresses uh, two groups. Uh, moving to the Abarbanel, the Abarbanel first explanation to Nachamu, Nachamu um, says that it alludes to two periods of time. It refers to the destruction of the first base of Migdash and the exile that took place at that time. And then the second Nachamu refers to the second base of Migdash and to the exile that took as took place at that time. Of course, we are in that exile that happened after the second base of Migdash. And so the Nachamu Nachamu is that Jewish people take comfort uh, from the first Golos, from the first exile, and take comfort uh, from the second exile. What exactly is that comfort that we're supposed to be taking? So according to, again, the Barbanel in this explanation, he says that he goes on in Pusik base to say that, that three things should bring, bring some degree of comfort to the Jewish people. Uh, the number one is Dabru Alei Birushalayim. Speak to the heart of the Jewish people and to Yushalayim. <clears throat> and what does that mean? Speak to the heart of uh, the Jews in Yushalayim. Um, and so the Bible says, You know, one of the great uh, challenges of Golos of exile is for Jewish people to be able to hold on to hope, look forward to the future. And not fall into despair in the long and difficult uh, gullus exile that we experience. And so the Navi is trying to encourage uh, both um, the Jewish people as a whole, speak to the hearts of the people, um, give them words of peace, of comfort, so that they don't fall into despair. And uh, and call out to it, call out to the Jews that they should do tshuva. They shouldn't just languish in gullus, in exile, but that they should take heart to uh, do, to engage in tshuva and return so that God can bring about the salvation that he longs to bring to the Jewish people. And now, and, and this words of, of comforting the Jewish people that they shouldn't fall into despair, the Bible itself has three parts, three messages. The first is Kimolot Sava'a. the Bible says, refers to, um, in, in this explanation, uh, the hosts, people, Sava'a, it's people, that there will come a time when Yerushalayim will once again be full of people, vibrant, flood flourishing, not empty and desolate as Yushalayim was after the destruction, but there will come a time when Yushalayim will be a burgeoning, flourishing, vibrant city. Uh, some 
people think, you know, believe that that's uh, what we're witnessing in our day. In our time, you know, we take a Jewish Shalim, Jerusalem doesn't stop growing. If anybody has been to uh, Jerusalem recently, one of the things that they notice very much in the city are the building cranes. It's all over the city, these big, beautiful buildings that are being constructed and the borders of Yerushalayim spreading out and populations constantly increasing. But of course, Yerushalayim is not fully built and populated until we have all of Yerushalayim and the base of Migdash um, flourishing with Jewish people um, going through it uh, freely and happily. Um, so there's that message of Kimolot that Yerushalayim will be filled. And the second message is Kinirza Avona, that the sins of the Jewish people have been already forgiven, been clean, cleansed, that Kaddish Baruch has forgiven through the torment, through the difficulties of, of what the Jewish people experience. They've been forgiven for their sins. Uh, Jews just don't go through uh, the difficult times of Golos, of exile, and not gain from that experience. The, the difficulties that the Jewish people are subjected to um, cleanse them and, and elevate them and sanctify them. So near Avona, the Jewish people's um, sins have been already forgiven. And then the third point is the Jewish people receive twice as much as they perhaps deserved for the sins that they committed. Now that's a difficult concept that the Jewish people should get twice as much uh, for the sins that they committed. So the Barmanel says that might be a somewhat of an exaggeration uh, to the Jewish people uh, but uh, but sometimes a person feels that they've received much more punishment than they deserve. And so we don't want to tell the people, no, 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 you got exactly what you deserve. There's a certain comfort in knowing, yes, my perception of how much I suffered is true. And I truly have suffered much more than perhaps I deserve. And the message here is that everything that the Jewish people have experienced comes as a result of God's providence over them. There's no such thing as coincidence. But every difficult experience that the Jewish people are subjected to is part of God's hashkacha protest that Kosh Baruch Hu knows the exact measure that every, that every Jew has received. And as a result of that, God says that because you endured and suffered so much, I, God, now owe you. And I have to pay you back so much good for whatever for what you have done in your life and you've suffered enough you suffered more than enough and now i god owe you to give you many many more tovos so that's fundamentally what the barbanel says is the first approach to understanding the uh the comforting message of nachamu nachamu uh nachama nachama for the first golos the second golos and as a result of that golos of that exile uh, the Jewish people's sins have been forgiven, and God ultimately will have to repay them so much more good for everything that they've gone through and everything that they've done. But let's focus now on the second approach of the Abarbanel. Uh, this Nachamu Nachamu, he says, is a referring to 
two ways that the ultimate geula, the ultimate redemption of the Jewish people can take place. And I just like want to say one thing, and by way of introduction to this point that the Abarbanels is making here. When a person is in Golos, or a person is going into Golos, into exile, one of the most challenging psychologically emotional experiences is not knowing what they will endure and for how long, or God forbid, if it will ever come to end. Right? There's one thing of going into Golos. And there's another thing um, about knowing about whether there's an end game to all that we're experiencing. And so the message of Nechama, Nachmu Nachem, who says that Barbanel is to give a Jewish people a sense of how the ultimate redemption is going to come to the Jewish people. And so each, each Nechama, each Nachamu is referring to a different way that God will or could bring about the end of our Golos, the end of our exile. What are the two ways that the exile could come to an end? So it's based on the Gemara. The Gemara comes along and says, there's a Pasuk in Yeshaya later on in chapter 60, verse, 20, uh, verse 22, where God says, Ani Hashem, I am God, bi'ita achishan. And he's talking about the, the Geula, the redemption of the Jewish people. And he says, bi'ita in its time, and then Achishana, which implies that I could bring it quickly. I will bring it quickly. So the Gemara comes along and asks in Sanhedrin 98, it says, it says, it says that the redemption is going to come in its proper time. And then it says, Achishana, God will bring it about quickly. So how do you reconcile that contradiction? It's either in its time or it comes quickly. So the Gemara says, Zachu, the Jewish people merit Achishana. If the Jewish people merit, then God will bring about the Geula quickly. Lo Zachu, they don't merit, Bi'ita. Then God will bring the redemption in its time. And so we have two ways that the ultimate Geula redemption of Jewish people can come. Either it's going to come in a pre-designated time that God has made, in a sense, for himself, that at a certain point the Jewish people are to be redeemed from their exile, irrespective, irrespective of whether they deserve that redemption or not but it will happen bi'ita, in its time. Or if the Jewish people, zachu, merit, so then it could come more quickly. And that's what we always say, speedily, b'meira, right? In the tefillos that we talk about in Shimon Esrei and, and in Benching, every time we talk about uh, Yerushalayim being rebuilt or the Geula coming, there's always that added word of b'meira, that it should come quickly. So we don't just come quickly because we know that Hashem 
has a plan to bring about redemption of the Jewish people earlier than the pre-designated time that God made for it to end. And that's what we're davening. It's almost like we don't have to daven for the gula to come at its designated time because God has that time already marked on his calendar, so to speak. Irrespective of how the Jewish people are, that gula is going to come. So we don't have to daven for that gula. But we do have to daven for a gula that will come quickly, speedily in our day. And that's the Achishenah. So says the Abarbanel, one Nachamu refers to the Gula as it is marked, so to speak, on God's calendar. Right? That, as, and I'm going to read the words of the Abarbanel, he says, she Yodim, that the Jewish people should know, Shiyesh Gavul, that there is a boundary, the Tachlis, and purposely golusam for their redemption. And Bahashlamo, and when that comes to completion, Yigalu Behechreach, they will be redeemed by force, per force, meaning irrespective. And that's a tremendous nechama to the Jewish people. Because sometimes it's interesting, the Jewish people struggle. And I just heard this uh, recently, and it, it's a theme that comes up in various ways. One second. The Geula could come quickly if the Jewish people deserve it and earn it. So my question is, why would we think that we would earn and deserve the Geula to come today when previous generations who had greater, holier people than our generation did not merit the geula, the redemption of the Jewish people. If their merits did not bring about the geula, the redemption of the Jewish people, then how could our merits bring about the geula? It's a question that has been asked over the generations and certainly been asked in our generation. And so the answer that I heard from one rabbi, based on, he quoted uh, Rabbi Yerucham, and he said as follows, you know, in every generation, the challenges of being a devout religious Jew um, varies. And in some generations, it's easier, and in some generations, it's harder. And he says, if you look around in our generation, our nisyonos, our challenges, our trials and tribulations of remaining faithful to the teachings of the Torah are constantly being challenged by the culture that we live in and by the society and by so many other uh, temptations um, that test a person's moral, ethical character. And as a result, many feel that sometimes we could feel in our generation that for us to live our our life as devout Jews is harder than previous generations. And if that would be the case, if we would deal with our challenges 
in the way that we can in our generation, even though we may not rise to the levels of the great people of previous generations, but we end up we might end up being more worthy of the gula of the redemption, because we do have a cloud, we do have a rule, the fum tsara agra, according to the pain and the suffering that a person experiences in being devoted to Torah and mitzvos, forming them, is the reward uh, determined. And so if Torah and mitzvos come easier to one person in some ways and harder to the other person, so then the person who finds it harder to do exactly what the other person who's finding it easier does, then the person who's finding it harder gets much more reward. And if that's the case, in the eyes of God, even if we don't measure up to the level of previous generations, but God can look upon us as more deserving of the gula based on how we have overcome our struggles, even though we have not reached that level of previous generations. And so we shouldn't be discouraged just because the gula didn't come earlier for greater previous generations, it doesn't mean that it can't come from hours, four hours. That's one, that's what the one approach that I heard recently, but I remember reading from the Chafetz Chaim, we asked this question, and the Chafetz Chaim basically answered, he says, no, 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 you don't understand. He says, the, the merits to bring about the Gula accumulate one generation to the next generation to the next generation. It's not like the merits of the people of previous generation disappear and have no relevance to us. The pile of merits that the previous generations have accumulated remain. And the next generations and the other generations that follow, their merits pile on to those previously established merits. And so that the uh, pile, the level of merits continuously grows, 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 grows. So even though their merits may have added so much to the pile, and our merits only added a little bit to the pile, but we don't have to add as much as they did to get to the point where hopefully we merit the ge'ula. So even if we come to a point in our development that's far less than them, but we're kind of standing on their shoulders on the foundations that they have laid. And so, as a result, we could be deserving of the gu'ula, um, even though they were not. So going back to the Barbanel, so the Barbanel is coming along and saying, Rabosai, nachamu, nachamu. Don't give up. Don't give up in this long, difficult golus that we're in. Because nachamu, I can bring you a message of nachamu of comfort by recognizing that the gu'ula has an end. And even if we don't deserve it, Hashem has it marked down for it to happen. And we hold on to our hope and faith for that time to come. And when that time comes, then all Jews of all generations will benefit from that gu'ula. So, nachamu, take nachama, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching and looking over the needs of the Jewish people, and will bring that gula when the time comes. The hechraf, it has to bring it. Doesn't make a difference. 
And then there's that second message from the Chama, that don't just think that it's marked for the future, but Bemheira, it could come quickly as a result of the actions of the Jewish people. And so take a Nechama from that as well. But I have to throw in a point that's made by the Sefer Panim Yafos, the great uh, Panim Yafos. And he says, the Geula could come quicker, not only as a result of Teshuvah, the Maisim Tovim of the Jewish people, but if we look back to Mitzrayim, the Geula could come also as a result of the suffering of the Jewish people. Because what we find in Mitzrayim, and he says there was a Geula Achishana in Mitzrayim, right? Because God had a designated amount of years for how long the Jewish people were supposed to stay in Mitzrayim. 400 years. At the end, the Jewish people only stayed 210 years. So how did they make up for those hundreds and 90 years that were missing from the designated time. And they didn't do tshuva. It's not like the Jewish people did the tshuva in Mitzrayim, because we know they were idol worshippers. The Medrash comes along and says the Jewish people were idol worshippers, similar to the idol worshipping Egyptians. So it wasn't their tshuva that brought about their achishena, their quicker gulah. What brought about that quicker geula for those Jews was the suffering that they experienced in Mitzrayim. And as a result of their suffering in Mitzrayim, that suffering brought about a cleansing of the Jewish people that allowed HaKadosh Baruch Hu to come along and um, bring about the geula quicker than, than it was designated to be from the very beginning. And um, so that's another reason, even though that Barbara doesn't say it, but it's brought down by the Panam Yavis for a Jew to always have hope, even, even though things could be very, very difficult and very hard. And we see so much suffering and so much pain, so much anguish among the Jewish people. And we say, well, look, the Jewish people don't seem to be rising up to higher levels. They don't seem to be doing tshuva. So the gula can't come, bimheira can't come fast, right? So says the Panam Yafas, no, it can still come fast because all that pain and suffering, again, is, is brought upon the Jewish people, not by coincidence, but by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha Pratis, divine providence. And it's... Um, could go ahead and bring about the gula quicker. And so therefore a Jew has to hold on to that nechama. It, yes, it could come in the Heira, even though we don't, we look at the Jewish people and we see, oh, well, maybe they don't deserve it. So why should I be so hopeful? Nothing passes by the, the Rebbeinu Shalom. And just that, I just want to bring one other point across, and that is, you know, when Yaakov Avinu was going down to Mitzrayim, he was also very afraid. And um, as the uh, and as Hashem comes along and tells Paro, uh, tells Yaakov as he's going down, uh, don't be afraid of going down to Mitzrayim. I'm going to make you into a great nation. 
And Anochi Ered Mimchah, Mimchah, I'm going to go down with you to Mitzrayim. Anochi I'll bring you up. Says the Beis Halevi. What Hashem was telling Yaakov is, their Jewish people are going into Golos. They're going into exile of Mitzrayim. But don't think for a moment that I am going to let things get so bad for the Jewish people that they will assimilate and disappear off the face of the earth. I will never let that happen because I'm going to be down there with them, watching over them and observing and determining what has to be done to preserve the integrity of the Jewish people so that they could come out into Gula, out into redemption. And so Hashem says to Mitzrayim, says the Beis Levi, to Yaakov says the Beis Levi, Hifticho, God gave a haftocha, gave a promise to Yaakov. Shaloyanicham, he's not going to leave the Jewish people there, this Kalkelagamre, to be completely ruined. Vim Yitzchuchu, and the Jewish people need Yotziyem Gam Kodem Sheyushlam Hazman. He's going to take them out even before that predetermined time has been completed. The Nigalu Tochazan, because Jewish people were redeemed within the time, Achishana, they were redeemed earlier than they were supposed to be redeemed. Because Hashem knew that that's the limit that the Jewish people can take. And I think that's also part of that Nechama that Hashem gives to Klal Yisrael. I am with you in Golos. It's not that Hashem goes down to the Golos of Mitzrayim, but not to the other Golios, to the other exiles of the Jewish people. God's in exile with the Jewish people, watching over them, determining exactly how much they could endure, how much they can take. And he's always keeping in mind the time for the Geula, for the time when the Jewish people need to be redeemed. And in that regard, there's a beautiful homiletic interpretation of Nachamu Nachmu found in the Nesivas Shalom, the end of Pasha's Eschanan. And he says in the beginning words of Nachamu, and he says, Nachamu Nachamu Ami, console, console, Ami. What does Ami mean? My nation. That word, Ami, my nation after the Jewish people have been forced into Golos, is the most comforting words that you could hear. God hasn't thrown us into Golos and forsaken us. But rather, he still refers to us lovingly as Ami, my nation. We're still his nation. In the Golos, we are Ami. That's the Nechama of Ami. And then, Yomar Elokeichem. Yomar Elokechem says the Nesiva Shalom homiletically, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say to the Jewish people, Ani Elokechem, I am your God. You're my Ami, you're my nation, and I am your God. Our relationship is still completely intact. We're still inexorably linked to one another. And as a result of Ani Elokeichem, you are bonim atem Hashem You are children of God. Bayam Yerolokeichem, you're my children. And 
says the Slanama Rebbe, and he says, the greatest inspiring message that a Jew could receive and the greatest musr that a Jew could be given is to hear the words, what children of God. And if I am a child of God, that means I have a relationship with God. God is forever connected to me. And I have a responsibility to live up to that exalted stature of being a ben, a child of God. Even in Golos, even when we live in a time of Hester Ponin, a time when God is hidden from us, but he's still our father, we are still his nation, and he wants us to know that. And that's the greatest Nechama in this first puzzle. Those two words, Ami and Yoma, God is saying, Elokechem, I am your God. Those two words are the most profound words of Nechama, of comfort that a Jew could be given. And just to take it one more step further, this Shabbos, Shabbos Nachmu, is the first of the seven special Shabbosos where we're going to read Haftaros of Nechama, of comfort. Shiva de Nechamasa, seven weeks of Nechama, comforting messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what's the end of the seven weeks? Rosh Hashanah. We are already using this inspiring message filled with so much promise, so much hope, so much exalted messages of connection to God to recognize our inherent greatness and our unique calling in this world. And there's no greater preparation for Rosh Hashanah than for a Jew to recognize who they really are and what they have to aspire to. And so therefore we make our, we start now the seven week march to Rosh Hashanah, each week growing in our appreciation for how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, cares about us, watches us, looks after us, waiting for us to finally uh, have that gu'ula that could bring us completely back to the Rabbanu Shlolam, back to our exalted place. And through that, hopefully we will grow in our connection to Hashem, our devotion to Torah Mitzvot, and Bizocha to Enachama of Bimheira. And Akashvarhu's Gula Shakam Bimheira of Yamein. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.